I think what makes you really different than a lot of the other um, service providers or technology vendors out there is that we're fundamentally trying to solve the big problems in epilepsy. Like we're not just trying to build a product or create a service. We're in the business to solve these really core problems. The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. MentorMate empowers healthcare clients to deliver on their mission and transform the human experience through technology. For over 20 years, clients have trusted MentorMate to guide their vision, design innovative products, and build secure solutions while understanding the specific nuances of their industry. MentorMate's global team in the U.S., Eastern Europe, and Latin America helps clients in all sectors of healthcare transform their organizations. From Fortune 500 pharmaceutical companies and commercial payers to hospital systems, medical device manufacturers, and beyond. Learn more at mentormate.com healthcare. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone out there in Medical Alley. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. Today, we're joined by uh, one of the international companies that is growing in the Medical Alley region, growing across the United States. I'm so pleased to be joined by uh, Dean Freestone, who's the co-founder and CEO of Seer, a company that I think by the end of this, you'll agree with me, one of the more interesting and potentially impactful companies that we all get to work with. So Dean, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Frank. Yeah. Maybe a place to start, let the audience know. Can you tell us a bit about what is Seer Medical up to? What are you guys doing? And then maybe also give a little bit of your background and how this kind of came about. Yeah, great. Look, um, so Seer is creating a two-sided platform centered around a foundation of big data and AI to solve critical problems across the continuum of care in epilepsy. So one side of our platform we have a tech-enabled services business where we curate lots of data. And on the other side, we're driving new discovery and insights using all the curated data that we collect you know, to create AI models and novel insights. Uh, the cornerstone of CS platform is CR Home. And so that's a tech-enabled monitoring service for diagnosing and characterizing epilepsy. So it's CE and FDA cleared. We're a market leader in Australia where we're nationwide. And I believe we're poised to transform epilepsy management globally. And we're working with the top hospitals in the UK and Germany and here in the US as well. Now, Seer Home is bundled with Seer Health. Mm. And Seer Health is akin to a remote patient monitoring tool that first acts like a companion app to enhance Seer Home, but then can be used independently for much longer term disease management. The flagship feature of Seer Health is seizure risk forecasting, which we've developed and released in collaboration with the Epilepsy Foundation of America. So in the future as well, we hope to add a virtual neurology consultation for patient onboarding, which we've been developing um, through Mayo Clinic Platform Accelerate. So together, Seer Home and Seer Health have generated probably the world's largest curated longitudinal data sets that are used for AI development to transform epilepsy care and open access across the world. Wow. I mean, I, I got to say, like, it's impressive in its own right, but there are so many times we hear about companies where, you know, they, they talk about AI, they talk about big data, and it's it's sort of like hype in the future, maybe someday. 
Mm-hmm. You guys are being used right now, as you said, market leader in Australia. This is a real actual product benefiting patients. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we're really proud of what we've achieved in Australia. And like I said, now that we've got our FDA clearance, I think we're set up really well to make a huge impact here in the US. Yeah. So what about the motivation for this? I mean, you're taking on a, a pretty complex disease, complex technology, multiple markets. What what was the inspiration for starting SEER and taking on some of these challenges? Yeah, great question, Frank. So um, I co-founded SEER with Mark Cook, who is and um, you know was a world-leading neurologist at the time, and George Kenley, who was managing large-scale healthcare infrastructure projects in Australia. And we founded the business back in 2016 because we saw a big opportunity to transition what was gold standard epilepsy monitoring from a hospital environment to the home environment. Now, for Mark, it was all about opening up access to gold standard care because most people couldn't actually access monitoring. And for George, it was all about doing it efficiently. So rather than investing billions of dollars and building new hospitals, we thought, let's use technology to do healthcare in a new way with better outcomes. Now, for me, I was really motivated by the convergence of a few core technologies, which include new devices, mobile networks, and cloud computing and AI. And together, I thought that this enables a super scalable uh, way of acquiring data and interpreting data, which made this possible for the first time. Now, both Mark and I were very acutely aware of the challenges in acquiring and interpreting complex data from both inside and outside a hospital setting. Uh, We were very privileged to work with some very innovative teams on the world's first neural implants that could record continuously from the human brain. Now, that was back in the early 2010s. Now, these devices at the time, they were really ahead of, I guess, a lot of the technology that we take for granted now, like mobile networks, cloud computing, and AI. And so then they faced really big challenges in managing all the data. So when these trials finished, it took a huge effort to organize the data and curate it. In fact, it took years before we could actually get all the insights out of the data. So we learned firsthand about the pain points from direct experience of dealing with big data and collection from the home. And I believe we were one of the first groups to do so. So this meant that we were ready when the technology started to converge and the blocker started to clear so we could move forward with SEER. Oh, very cool. And it... You know, that one of the things you said in there, I, I think is so important. A lot of it is, but one in particular, the the productivity side of things, mm-hmm. something we hear so often from our provider community is the challenge of being able to deliver more care, but without having the staff to be able to deliver it. As, as I understand it, what SEER does enables the neurologist and the other clinical staff to be more productive in providing care. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, I think one of the secrets to our success and maybe um, differentiation in the market is the vertical integration. Like really trying to tie together the product development through to the data science and service delivery. Um, and when we bring it all together, we get something that is really turnkey. You know, so and that requires it to be you know mobile first, cloud first, AI first. And then when we really think about hardware design, along with that, we get something that it creates a much better patient experience. And so I think that really differentiates us from many of the other companies in the space. Well, and so that that patient experience, which we know for anyone suffering with a chronic disease is so important. Can you talk about some of the impact? How has this benefited patients with epilepsy that are out there and have used the technology? Yeah, well, I think... Firstly, I think it's important to understand what a big problem epilepsy actually is. 
And so epilepsy affects at least 1% of the population <laughs> and about 10 about 10% of the population will experience a seizure at some point in their lives. Now, seizures actually get confused with a range of conditions like cardiac arrhythmia, sleep disorders, psychiatric disorders, migraines, and many others as well. So we need to cater for all of these people too. For example, you know, about a third of the population will have a syncope, a cardiac event at some point in their lives. And these spells are often get accompanied by loss of consciousness and convulsions, and they look like seizures. So it's really hard to tell all these conditions apart without monitoring. Events might only occur once a week, so we actually need long-term monitoring to catch them out. Now, until recently, long-term monitoring was only available, well, predominantly in hospitals. Oh, wow. Because of technology limitations, yeah. So access has been really limited. Now, today, there's a few other um, home video EG service providers around the US, but still only 10% of the, of the people who actually need this are actually getting served. So it leaves a, like literally hundreds of thousands of people um, with a huge unmet need. Now, it even gets worse than this, right, Frank? So I recently heard a statistic from the Epilepsy Foundation that about 75% of first epilepsy medications in California are being prescribed by primary care physicians. So these patients are not even getting to see a neurologist, let alone getting monitoring. So this has led to a misdiagnosis rate as probably about as high as 30%. And about a third of people never actually get an effective treatment. And for those who are lucky enough to get a treatment that works for them, it takes on average about five years to control their spells. Oh so it's a terrible state of affairs, um, but fortunately we have a solution. So we're now able to get all of these people triaged through the healthcare system much more quickly, and we can tackle the misdiagnosis problem with Sear Home. Mm. Now we can also help the third, that one third of people with epilepsy who are having uncontrolled attacks with our seizure risk forecasting tools in Seer Health. We've already helped probably about 15,000 families across Australia. And look, you know, I'm pretty excited about the impact that we can make here in the US as well after our FDA clearance. Wow. That, that is pretty darn impressive. Like the idea that there are so many patients who are not getting the appropriate treatment today because the system isn't set up for it. You guys bringing a, a pathway for those patients that makes it better for the patients, but also probably then makes it better for the health system, more productive, less waste. Like, love hearing that. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about like, where do you see this going? There's clearly, you're already having an impact on thousands of patients. You're scaling up in the US and in the UK. How do you see this playing out, let's say, in the U.S.? How does it develop? Mm -hmm. We're now doing like a, a controlled launch of the technology here mm -hmm. with select partners. Um, we're really aiming to work with the top tier um, health systems in the U.S. And we're in a really fortunate position to have pretty much like a full list of partners that are going to keep us busy for the next year. So that's fantastic. Mm. After we run that controlled launch, um, we're looking to grow over the next two years, and then we'll be pushing towards a nationwide service offering. We believe it's really important uh, for services like us to be nationwide because the full suite of digital health products that we offer, it'll enable us to move to more of a value-based care model, um, hopefully like a subcapitated fee model that allows us potentially to share risk with commercial payers. And look, I really believe that this is the best way to deploy uh, remote patient monitoring and virtual care platforms like we're building in order to be able to, you know, deliver, like you said, deliver value to the healthcare system and hopefully take some cost out rather than just adding fees and extra fees and fees and fees. Indeed. Yeah. And that 
that really is the direction healthcare generally is going. And I know as a, a startup, as a scale-up company, that can be particularly challenging. You guys have been around for a number of years now. You've made it through probably a couple of valley of deaths along the way. Uh, what have been some of the challenges that you guys have faced kind of navigating that and any advice or suggestions you might give to the other entrepreneurs who might be listening? Yeah, look, I'm not sure if I'm in the position as yet to give a lot of advice, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that everybody listening to this understands how hard healthcare is. Um, mm. You know, we work in a $12 trillion industry and it's something that literally everybody needs. It's an industry that's just notoriously inefficient. It's slow with technology uptake and it's ripe for disruption, but startups really break through. I think mm. my advice for other founders is to maybe not make it any harder than what it needs to be. <laughs> and so at CEO, we've made some very conscious decisions um, on making our cornerstone product, CEO Home, fit within existing clinical and reimbursement norms. So in other words, we've really made sure that everybody knows how to use it and how to get paid to use it. And I would recommend that others look for, for parts of the healthcare system that are ripe for disruption and try and do the same. I think there's plenty of areas in healthcare like what we we're tackling, where we can open access and serve an unmet need and maybe something more efficient and scalable, but still fundam fundamentally has the same inputs and outputs. Now, when I was working as a scientist in a hospital environment, I was building algorithms to make EG reviewing faster and more accurate. Now, it's really interesting because the clinical teams love them, but when I left the room, they stopped using them. <laughs> and this is because they, <laughs> it's because they didn't really understand them and it wasn't part of the normal workflows. So when I realized we could do monitoring from home, I stopped trying to get them to use my algorithms and said, hey, just send me your patients and we can do the heavy lifting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's probably good life advice. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's something we've definitely observed on the workflow side over and over again. If you're trying to change a clinician's workflow, mm -hmm. it, it's possible, but that is a much heavier lift than improving their workflow, but fitting into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about what's next for Siri? You got the limited market release going, eventually you the nationwide and what else is kind of on the roadmap for Sear? Yeah, look, I think like a big thing for us is you know, really working on the next generation of technology. I think what makes Sear really different than a lot of the other um, service providers or technology vendors out there is that we're fundamentally um, trying to solve the big problems in epilepsy. Like we're not just trying to build a product or create a service. We're in the business to solve these really core problems. Um, and that's going to really involve a lot of AI development. Now, I think the benefits of AI are going to be best utilized by tech-enabled services companies like us. And this is because we can not only control the deployment of AI, but we can also control the collection and curation of the data through our services to create AI algorithms. And look, I think the big challenges on this front in developing AI methods is the quantity, but also the quality of the data that's coming in. So for EEG decoding, we're dealing with a really tough computer vision problem that requires very large, accurately created data sets. And I believe the only way that we're going to solve this problem is by connecting the service delivery side of our business to the discovery side. And I really think that you know, home-based tech-enabled services companies like us have the opportunity to control the workflows, collect the data at scale, and the scale is important so these tough problems can be solved.
So you look, in other words, you know, we're not limited by the number of beds now. So we can access curated data on a much larger scale than that's ever been done before. So look, I think we've got a massive opportunity now to surpass human level performance in reviewing data like the, the types of data that we collect. Wow. Well, I think that that's a great place to then leave it on the the ability to scale so much larger and because of that have a greater impact on health. It's the only thing we can ask. Dean, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today and sharing the story of SEER. Absolutely, Frank. Yeah, look, and if anyone's listening out there and they would like to come on a journey with us, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Uh, we've got a really big vision, but we know we need to partner uh, with the right investors, the right health systems, the right payers to make this a reality. So like I said, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Thanks very much, Frank. Indeed. Yeah, and if anyone is trying to reach out, let us know. We're happy to get you in touch with them. We'll have info on reaching Seer in the show notes right after. And that, folks, has been another episode of the Medical Alley Podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, make sure to go to medicalalleypodcast.org. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And hey, would you do me a small favor? Would you share this episode with just one person? If everyone listening did that, we'd help spread this story so much further and help spread all the other amazing stories that are coming out of the Medical Alley community. If you do that, I'd really appreciate it. And until next time, have a great day.